This is the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. And in those days a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that the world should be registered. This is the first registration that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to their own towns to be registered. And Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house and family of David. And he went to be registered with Mary to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her to be delivered. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in that region there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the peoples. For to you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favored. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. And so they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. And when they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, even as it had been told them. The Gospel of the Lord. And so, Heavenly Father, as we come to your word, we pray that we would hear not just the words of men, but the words of God. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. I want to take that as my text this morning from Luke's Gospel, chapter 2. Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. And if you're making use of the Pew Bible, you can find that text on page 1018. Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, and beginning at verse 1. And this evening I want to talk on this subject of Christmas, a night of crisis, wonder, and joy. Christmas, a night of crisis, wonder, and joy. Now, when we think of Christmas, we, we often think of the wonder and we, we think of the joy. But it isn't usually the case that we remember the crisis. And yet Luke tells us that, that there was plenty of it, plenty of crisis on the day that Jesus was born 
now so many years ago. Indeed, beginning at verse 1, Luke tells us that in those days a decree went out from the Roman Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered or that all of the world should be involved in a census. And Luke says that this was the first registration or the first census that was taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. That is a reference to the Roman province of Syria, which at the time included Palestine, Jerusalem, the Galilee, and so on. And so Luke says that all the people that were to be registered went to be registered, each to his own town, and that Joseph also went up from the Galilee, where he lived in the north, and it says he were going up because the, the, hills, the, the hills of Judea, Jerusalem, and Bethlehem were so much higher above sea level than was Nazareth. But they went from their town of Nazareth in the Galilee where they lived uh, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, Luke says, because Joseph was of the lineage of David, and that was his town, and he went there to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who, as we all know, was with child. And this is sort of an interesting thing. Bethlehem is located, as I just mentioned, uh, in the hill country of Judea. It was approximately seven miles south of Jerusalem, and so with a slightly higher elevation, actually, than Jerusalem, and approximately 90 miles from Nazareth to Bethlehem, at least a three days journey on foot, which is no small journey, I wouldn't think, for a pregnant woman. But Luke says that while Mary and Joseph were in Bethlehem, the time came for Mary to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in strips of cloth, swaddling cloth. Swaddling cloth is cloth that you use to wrap. So it's almost a bit of a redundancy there. But she wrapped him in strips of swaddling cloth, and he, she laid him in a manger because, as Luke says, there was no place for them in the inn. This suggests that Joseph had tried to secure public accommodations. But as Luke says, the, all the public accommodations were filled up. That's a crisis. <laughs> I've traveled for three days with my pregnant wife. We get to Bethlehem, and there is no vacancy. And so Joseph was forced to appeal to private homeowners for a place where Mary might give birth to her firstborn son. Eventually, Joseph found a homeowner who allowed them to stay the night where, the, where that homeowner kept his livestock. It isn't clear just exactly what that means, whether it was a stable or whether it was a cave, which is a tradition of that in the church, that it, that it was a cave and people used caves as stables to keep their livestock, especially at night. Or perhaps even some and the uh, farmers of the poorer kind actually kept uh, their, their livestock in their house <laughs> in a specific designated room apart from where the family would stay. But whatever the case was in particular, what is clear is that where they were, they were, there were domesticated animals. 
in the same place which is indicated by the presence of the manger, which is a feeding trough for animals. And so after Jesus was born, Mary wrapped him in strips of cloth, as was the custom, and laid him in that manger because they didn't have a bed for him. They didn't have a crib. And there was the manger. And so they laid him in it. And Luke says that in that same region, that is out in the country, just outside the village limits of Bethlehem, there were shepherds out in the fields, keeping their watch over their flock by night. Now this is interesting because we think of the shepherds, you know, we're so used to seeing the crib scenes down at the department store. We think these shepherds are cuddly little figures, you know. Uh, but the, the fact of the matter is, is that shepherds were in that day, by and large, uh, looked down upon by most people. They lived in the fields uh, with their sheep. They had, generally speaking, little public contact with those who lived in organized society. More often than not, sh shepherds were held in suspicion. They were uh, generally thought to be dishonest and untrustworthy. If the shepherds came into town to get their supplies or whatever, and then they vanished again, and somebody uh, notices something was missing, well, it must have been the shepherds, those stinking shepherds. Their testimony was not allowed in a court of law, and they were by most people considered to be like tax collectors and other sinners, even prostitutes, and so were not welcome at the synagogue. They were, if you like, social outcasts. <laughs> and still, it's to the shepherds that God sends to announce the birth of his incarnate son. That made me think of a text from Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. Paul writing to the Corinthians, he said this, interestingly enough. He said, for consider your calling, God calling you, brothers and sisters, for not many of you were wise according to the world's standards, by which he means educated, and few people were educated in the ancient world like we are educated today. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many of you were powerful. <laughs> not many of noble birth, but God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world, to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even as his son was. Even things that are not, things that are considered to be nothing, to bring to nothing those who think they are so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And so Luke says that an angel of the Lord appeared to the shepherds, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. You can imagine, not just that there is the angel, but this light all around them. And there in the middle of the dark, and all of a sudden, it's like... Uh, Somebody, when you're in a dark room and somebody throws the lights on all at once. And they were filled with great fear. I'm, I'm sure they were. And so the angel said to them, fear not. For behold, 
In fact, every time you read that in the Bible, for behold, it means pay attention. <laughs> Look at this. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy. <laughs> Crisis and joy that will be for all people. Men, women, young, old, Jews, Gentiles, shepherds. <laughs> for unto you is born this day in the city of David, in Bethlehem, a Savior, a Deliverer, who's Christ, the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, which was no unusual thing, and lying in a manger. That was a very unusual thing. And Luke says, and then suddenly with that angel, a multitude of angels, a multitude of the heavenly host were praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. And Luke says that when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's go. Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that the Lord has made known to us. And so they went with haste. I, I can see them there, can't you? Jogging. They made haste, and I don't know exactly how they managed it, but they did. They found Mary and Joseph and this baby, strangely enough, lying in a feeding trough designed for domesticated animals. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them considering this child. And all who heard what they said wondered. <laughs> a crisis and joy and wonder. But Mary, Luke says, treasured all these things in her heart and pondered them. She doesn't say a thing. She's just taking it all in. And Luke says, and so the shepherds returned, <laughs> praising God for joy, for all that they had heard and all that they had seen, even as it had been told them. I wonder, can you hear what they heard? And can you see what they saw, and is it enough? Or perhaps you need a little bit more at Christmas. You may remember that after the Grinch stole from the inhabitants of Whoville everything that he thought was necessary to make Christmas what Christmas is, he returned to his mountain cave. But then much to his surprise, when Christmas came, even without all the things that he, that he stole from the inhabitants of Whoville, 
the Who's celebrated just the same. <laughs> they joined hands and they sang, and the Grinch could hear them singing. And Dr. Seuss says that the Grinch, with his Grinch feet cold in the snow, stood puzzling and puzzling and asked how it could be so. Christmas came without ribbons, it came without tags, it came without packages, boxes, and bags. And he puzzled and he puzzled till his puzzler was sore. And then the Grinch thought something that he hadn't thought before. What if Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store? What if Christmas perhaps means a little bit more? What do you think? <laughs> Let us pray. Give us eyes to see, Lord, what the shepherds saw. We have this, Lord, as you know, because Mary told Luke. Luke said, I'm putting together a correct and precise account of the things that we believe. Mother Mary, do you have anything to add? And she said, well, as it happens, I do. And so she told Luke what happened to her and Joseph and Jesus and about the shepherds and what the shepherds said. And that she just pondered these things. It was just too much, it seems, to take in. And like the apostles who would say later after the resurrection of the Son, we cannot keep silent about the things we've seen and heard. The shepherds couldn't keep silent about the things that they had seen and heard. And then comes to mind the words of Jesus, Lord, when Thomas missed his resurrection appearance said, I won't believe unless I see his hands and his feet and touch the spear print in his side. And then when he appeared, he fell before Jesus and said, my Lord and my God. And Jesus said, Thomas, you believe because you've seen. Blessed are those who believe who have not seen. And we weren't there, Lord, but it happened just as Mary described it to Luke. And I pray, Lord, that you give us eyes to see and ears to hear in all of its depth of meaning that at the very least we may not be cheated from what this night really means. And this I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.